Good morning. Let us pray together before we hear the preaching of the word. Father God, we thank you for the wonderful reminder of your amazing grace. How we can come to you with our brokenness and you take our brokenness, you mend it and you create something beautiful out of it so that you can glorify yourself. So Lord, today as we open your word, may your word speak to us through your Holy Spirit and may we live lives that are worthy of our calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we continue considering following Jesus as a family and in particular parenting. Where we mention the word parenting, what comes to mind? Kids, right? Besides parents, kids come to mind. This is a picture of my three kids, Sarah, Samantha and Samuel. Uh, they were having fun. This is how it looks like in, at home uh, with me as their daddy. Uh, always having a lot of laughter and fun. Uh, in fact, uh, if you look at the center picture, uh, the, the one in the center is Sarah. She's not smiling because she had too much fun and then got rebuked. <laughs> That's why she's, she's uh, sulking a bit. Uh, but the other two uh, continue to have their fun. Simple fun as a family. And uh, this is a picture of them uh, 17 years later. Currently, they look like this. This picture was taken last year. Uh, when we went on a family holiday together uh, to Vietnam. In parenting, I often say that the days are long, the years are short. The days are long, sometimes the night even longer, but the years are short. As I reflect back, I thank God that they have grown up. And as I asked myself this question, what is parenting? It got me thinking for a while. And I want you to think about this question. What is parenting? I want to propose to us this explanation or definition. Parenting is the process of preparing your child for independence. That is parenting, right? to prepare them to become independent. And parenting is an art, not just a science. It's actually abstract art because every piece is different. Every child is different. And as we parent them, there's no science behind it. It is an art. It is challenging. It is messy. And I have to admit that I myself, I am a broken parent. I am not a perfect parent. Like many parents, I didn't go to parenting school. If there is one, I will sign up and I'm sure many of us would have signed up because we want to be the best parent. But truth be told, I didn't go to parenting school and I don't get to do it all over again. You know? And even if I were to have the opportunity to do it all over again, I am not confident that the outcome would be better than now. That is how abstract parenting is. 
And parenting is increasingly uh, becoming more challenging and messy. And that is why we need God's grace. A more pressing question is this. Who is at the centre of your parenting? Is it the child? Is it the parent? Or is it God? Is our parenting God-centred, parent-centred or child-centred? Evaluate your own. eh? Don't evaluate your neighbour's parenting, but evaluate your own parenting. Ask yourself this question. And if you still do not have your own children, okay, don't switch off. Because we can also parent others spiritually. Mission is important. We know that. So what is your mission as a Christian parent? We want to be parenting on mission, not just busy parenting. Because parenting is busy. And many people are busy parenting. But we want to be parenting on mission. The mission for Christian parents is to prepare your child for spiritual independence. I say that again. Christian parents, our mission is to prepare our child for spiritual independence. That is to say, by the age of 21, they should be able to be independent in their spirituality. You don't have to call them to ask them to do their quiet time. You don't have to remind them to come to church. You don't have to tell them how to interpret God's Word. They should know how to do it themselves. Because as a 21-year-old, I'm sure all of us, when we become 21-year-old, we don't want our parents to tell us what to do. What to study. What job to, to pursue. Which boy or which girl to chase after? Right? We want to be independent. And in spirituality, we also want to be independent. So our roles as Christian parents is to prepare our children to be spiritually independent. How? By placing God and the gospel at the center of your parenting. For those of us who are single or do not have children of our own, you can still be a God-parent to someone. You know the term God-father, God-mother, how did it come about? Uh, it, back in the, I believe, 14th, 15th century, yeah, back in the church history, when the church, before they baptize someone, even an adult, they would require that person, that candidate, to have a godfather or godmother or godparents. Why? Before the person can be baptized. Because the godfather and godmother is to impart and build spiritual foundation in that person's life. That is how the term godfather, godmother came about. It's not just for nice feeling, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
There is responsibility. And the responsibility is to prepare strong foundations for that new Christian. So those of us who are single, those of us who do not have children of our own, you can still be involved in parenting. God-centered parenting. Today, our text is Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we shall be considering verse 1 to verse 12. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses basically is preaching a sermon. Or he's expanding on the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, you can find it in chapter 5. He has just finished rehashing the Ten Commandments. And now in chapter 6, he wants to remind God's people about God's law before they enter into the promised land. And this is a new generation of Israelites. They are about to take themselves and their children into the promised land. So for their own sake and for their children's sake, he's going to expound the first commandment specifically, you shall have no other gods before me. Chapter 6 verse 1, Deuteronomy reads like this. These are the commands, decrees and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you. To observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to process. First off, I want us to notice that it is God who directed Moses. The Lord your God directed me to teach you. So it is God's intent. It is God's idea and not man's idea, not Moses' idea, not the church idea. Okay? It is God's idea. Remember that. And what is Moses to teach God's people? Moses is to teach God's people to observe God's command, laws, and decrees. Christian parents, we are to teach and disciple our kids to observe God's commands, laws, and decrees. Friends, this is gospel-centered parenting. Our kids ought to know the Ten Commandments, to know God's commands, God's law, and God's decree. But it is beyond memorizing. It's beyond memorizing. This is not a school. <laughs> you know, in school, uh, at least during my time, there was a lot of memorizing. Nowadays, not so much emphasized. But it's not just memorizing. Memorizing is good, needful, but that's not the end. What is more important is to know. Is to know and to obey. In this day and age, you don't really need to memorize. You know? With our Bible app, it's very easy to search. right? So you just search. But what I'm afraid is sometimes it's so convenient that we do not know even the order of the book of the Bibles. We think that Genesis is in the New Testament. Or at least you scroll, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, that's that is the benefit of memorizing, okay? But it is so convenient now to know, so easy to know. But beyond knowing and memorizing, it is to apply. Apply in our lives. Verse 2 tells us the outcome. So that, when you see so that, it is a purpose. 
Okay, it is a purpose statement. So that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. When we obey God's word and apply gospel-centered parenting, you, your children and their children may fear the Lord your God and you may enjoy God's blessing of long life. Verse 3. Hear. Hear. Listen. Hear, Israel. Hear, God's people. Hear, Christian. Hear and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. We are to hear and be careful to obey. Don't obey carelessly, but be careful. Careful means you give thought to it. You process. You don't just do whatever people tell you to do. That is an adult, independent thinking. So when it comes to spirituality, it's the same thing. Hear and be careful to obey. You will be blessed as God promised you. You know, when God gave the promise, it wasn't to this generation of Israelites. It was to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob didn't live long enough to enter the promised land. But this is the generation that will go into the promised land. So what is gospel-centered parenting? Gospel-centered parenting is the art of raising God's children based on the grace of God and the child is not the centre. The parents are not the centre, but the gospel and God is at the centre. Hence the term, gospel-centered parenting. What is the goal of gospel-centered parenting? Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, again, listen. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Hear this, God's people. The goal of gospel-centered parenting is seeking to please the Lord our God and putting God at the center of our parenting. Parents, you are first to love the Lord your God. That's the first order. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Parents, God's commands are first to be on our own hearts. As you continue to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, then verse 7 continues. Impress them or teach them to your children. Disciple your children as you love the Lord in your daily living. Impress them and teach them. 
When you love the Lord your God, parents, your children are watching. And they will be impressed. They are reasonable children. They know that we are all created human beings. They know that we are not God. We are not perfect. They know that. They know that we are fallen. They know that we are broken. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to appear perfect before them. What they want to see is loving, godly, loving parents. Living consistent faith in their life. And then the verse continues. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. When you are consistently, uh, consistently living out your life, loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, they will ask you questions. You will get the opportunity to share your Christian values, your ethics, your decision-making, they will ask you. You will get the opportunity to disciple them by sharing your godly values and principles for daily living. That is spiritual conversations at home. Why is that important? Because you do not want to teach them about the Bible or from the Bible when you are not practicing it yourself. You cannot say, children, I command you, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul. You must obey the, God, the Lord your God. You must listen to me, but don't do what I do. You cannot say that as a parent, right? And that is why it is important for us as parents to love the Lord ourselves. And then wait for them to ask, Daddy, why do you do like that? Then that is when you share. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Verse 8, Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Uh, many of us have nice decoration at home, right? Plugs of verses on the, our door, uh, on it's okay, uh, on our door, on the wall, right? Uh, in, on our desk, and and they are very beautiful. But all this God's word huh, is not decoration, you know. It, it, it's, it's not literal. It must saturate our lives. But why does Deuteronomy chapter 6 have this? It is meant for us to be reminded. We must remind ourselves of God's word. And that is why Moses commands them to do that. Write it on your doorframe, your gates. Write it on your hands, on your foreheads. Be reminded of God's word and put them everywhere just in case you forget. 
but don't just do that. Please obey them. You know, some houses, you know, we visit, right? You see Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Very beautiful verse. That also ought to be our prayer. As for me and my house, we ought to serve the Lord. Don't just hang there as decoration. Be reminded of God's word and biblical practices and principles in our everyday life. At home, at work, at school. Not just in church. Parents, love God and disciple and teach your children covenantal principles accurately reflecting the life and words of Jesus in your own life so that when they look at our lives, they see, aha, that is how it is done. And you can share it then with your child. The gospel ought to help us become better parents as we apply covenantal principles, biblical principles in parenting. Disciple your own child. Don't leave it to others. Don't leave it to the church. Don't leave it to the aglow teachers. Disciple your own child. Share the gospel with your child as soon as they are able to understand. Three, four years old can start already. I have the privilege of bringing my three children to Christ. It is such a joy as a parent to know that they are saved. It's such a joy. Don't assign that privilege to the Sunday school teacher. Don't assign that privilege to your youth pastor. Don't assign that privilege to your pastor. Do it yourself. Disciple your own children. We are not to be just busy with parenting. We ought to be busy parenting on mission. As parents, you love God and by our lives, prepare your own child for spiritual independence. We do so with God's grace. And so the last point, God's grace of gospel-centered parenting. Verse 10. When the Lord your God brings you in the land, He swore to your father's to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build. The word here says, when the Lord your God. That means to say, God promised and when He fulfills His promise, when the Lord your God, not if the Lord your God, not just in case the Lord your God, but when the Lord your God, there is certainty. There's a certainty of time. When that day happens, whatever God promises, it will come to fruition. It will happen. Our God is a covenantal God. He will save you and He will save your children. This is God's grace. When we love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, we are teaching our children and God will fulfill His grace and He will fulfill His promise. I want to be sensitive here because I know some of us, our children are far away from the Lord. Don't give up. There's still hope. 
Continue to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul. Because your children, they may be grown up, they are still watching. When we love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and as they watch the change, perhaps, perhaps, there may be a turnaround. Continue to pray for them. Ask for forgiveness. Tell them that you are broken too. You are no perfect parent. We are all imperfect. Confess to them. Say sorry if you need to. Confess your sins one to another. That is the biblical principle. Especially when they are grown up. They are able to understand. And perhaps, may the Lord have mercy and bring them back to Himself. God saw to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and many generations later, finally, God's people are receiving the promised land. They received the promised land. Grace is to be received. They received the promised land. My friends, fellow parents, continue to trust in God's grace. Just like God's people of old, they just received the promised land. And it is not just a piece, a barren piece of land. It is not empty land. It is a land with flourishing cities they did not build. That is grace, right? A land with large flourishing cities you did not build. Grace. Verse 11 continues to describe for us the flourishing cities that they did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. And vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then you will eat and are satisfied. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Imagine you walk into a District 10 bungalow, good-sized bungalow, GCB. Okay, You walk into it and that house is yours. You did not build the house. <laughs> you know where I'm going from now. Eh? Inside there, got food. Olive tree, milk, honey, swimming pool. Where else you did not dig, right? So you go in and God say, receive it. This is yours. <laughs> in today's context, when that happens, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. That is grace. Have you experienced grace in your life? Have? Have. Um, I was very intrigued just now by Pastor Isaac's video, right? He said, uh, we must learn how to, what did he say? Holiday at the sea and not build mud pies in our mud puddles. I just came back from a seaside holiday by the sea. That's why you look at me a bit dark, nah? hair a bit short and a bit dark. Uh, I'm going to share with you to give God the glory. 
because I do not want to forget the Lord who brought me out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Um, the Lord directed me because we wanted to extend our holiday to this place called Kaulak. Kaulak is not very popular in Thailand. Our original plan was to go to Phuket and then go to Koh Samui with the children. And then my wife says, since so many days, she has to take a compliance leave, so extend a few more days. Okay? So last minute, uh, do not know where to go. So I Google, Google, uh, and the Lord brought me to this place called Kaulak. And I learned that this place, Kaulak, during the tsunami, was very badly hit. It was, the damage was worse than Phuket. Okay? Uh, there was a big Navy ship. Okay? There, there's a memorial there. There was a big Navy ship that was in a few miles in the sea. It was swept up a few miles on, onto land. And then they built a memorial there. Long and short of it, uh, the Lord led me to this hotel, Grand Mercure. Okay? I'm not promoting Grand Mercure, huh? but I'm just sharing with you <laughs> what the Lord has done, okay? uh, because that is His grace. $90 only. I booked the cheapest room, standard room. When I arrived there early, because I just dropped off my children, I arrived there early, uh, they gave me a room by grace. Huh? 10, 10 plus, 10 or 11 o'clock, yeah, I arrived there. Check in time, 2 o'clock, huh? but I arrived there early. They give me a room and they say, Sir, I'm going to upgrade you to deluxe room. So I say thank you. And then we went on the buggy. They drive, 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 went to the room. And, and the hotel staff told me, this is the best room of the whole hotel. Why? Because it's two rows just in front of the beach. You know, There's a beach in front. And only two rows of complex, uh, two, two story. And my, my, my hotel room is the corner unit that is facing the sea. And I look in, I can see the whole complex. It is God's grace. And Kaulak Beach is so beautiful. The, the sand, uh, like powder. The sea is vast, open. Nothing, no, not even a ship, you know. Not even a boat. Open sea. And best of all, the whole beach is empty. God's grace. That is what it means to have a holiday at the beach. <laughs> so nice. And this sermon was prepared during that, that stay there. God's grace. So wonderful. I did not earn it. I do not deserve it. But I have to give glory to God. And this is the secret. When you give glory to God, God will bless you. And then you give glory. And then He will bless you. You give glory. He bless you. You give glory. That is how the economy of God works. Give Him all the glory. Don't rob Him of the glory. When it comes to parenting, disciple your own child. Don't forego that joy. Don't forget God's grace of God-centered parenting. God loves you. God loves your children and God loves your children's children and their children. 
God is a covenantal God who remembers His promises. Trust in God. Hope in Him. And I owe it to the Lord. And I'm thankful that by His grace and by His grace alone, I have three children. Sarah, 26. Samantha, 25. Samuel, 21. And I'm glad to announce they are spiritually independent. They are God-loving. They are actively serving in ministries and serving the Lord themselves. But I'm acutely, acutely aware of my own shortcomings as a father, of my own brokenness, and the grace of our Heavenly Father in their spiritual formation. I'm going to share with you something very intimate because I have to be authentic. This is for God's glory. I have to share that I'm no perfect father. Encourage you to trust in God and depend on God's all-sufficient grace in your parenting. I received this postcard in December 2019 when Sarah was in New Zealand with Youth with a Mission, YWAM, doing her DTS program. She is very kind with her words and I'm very humbled by God and I'm thankful for God's grace and I want to be careful that I do not forget the Lord and therefore, I'm sharing this with you. It reads like this, Dear Dad, or Hey Dad, I just want to say thank you for the love and prayers that you have sown into my life. Thank you for the support and blessing my journey with the Lord. Growing up in church and ministry really shaped my life. I hope that you and mom are doing great at home. I am so excited and amazed at the journey that, God, that God's bringing me, you two on. Thank you for building strong foundations in my life. And then asterisks. Also, Cathedral Cove. Uh, that's at the back of the, the postcard, a nice picture of Cathedral Cove. Cathedral Cove is where they shot Narnia, the movie Narnia. And you remind me so much of Aslan. Thank you for setting a godly example in my life with your wisdom. Very kind words. I'm no Aslan. Those of you who know me know that I'm not Aslan. My family knows that I'm nowhere near Aslan. Aslan is the symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ in the show Narnia, just in case those of us who are not aware. I'm sure she knows that I'm no perfect parent. She knows my shortcomings. She knows my brokenness. She knows I'm not perfect. Yet for a child to write this, we have reasonable children. God speaks to them. They have realistic expectation of each one of us. So I want to encourage us parents, don't give up hope. Love the Lord your God with all your whole being. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Pray for them. Leave godly examples for them. 
And like the song we sing, may the footprints that we leave behind may not be perfect, but may the footprints that we leave, the evidences of our lives, may they show our faithfulness. Because our first order of business when it comes to parenting is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. That's the greatest commandment, isn't it? And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbour. Love your children who are your closest neighbour as yourself. Deuteronomy chapter 6 lays out for us God's design for gospel-centred parenting. Essentially, it says that gospel-centred parenting is about you and I loving the Lord ourselves as Christian parents and then loving our children, making disciples of our children and passing on our faith to them. Gospel-centred parenting is about discipleship. The truths found here are applicable for everyone, even if you do not have children of your own, even if you are single. All Christians are called to pass on the faith and to make disciples go and be a spiritual parent to someone. God's words remind us to practice gospel-centered parenting. And as we do so, pray for ourselves that we will experience God's grace to be God-loving spiritual parent, raising spiritually independent children. Let us pray.